All right, back again for a Cash Betty podcast. Tonight I'm going to be previewing the San Diego Padres 2021 season. Uh, going to go over each position, the players, what I think, you know, how the organization is looking for the next couple of years at each position, and how I think the Padres are going to do this year. So let's start at first base with Padre Twitter favorite Eric Hosmer. Um, he gets a lot of grief on Padre Twitter for some reason. I think it's the contract mainly. And, the, you know, I understand that to a degree. His contract, what does he have? He's got four years left on the deal, but he's really only got two years left at $20 million, And then the last three years, $13 million each year. Um, he hasn't really played up to the contract yet. I thought he was doing really well last year until he got sick and then he kind of got hurt. Um, he hit nine home runs, I believe, in 36 games. So the power numbers seemed to – was increasing last year. Um, he was getting more lift on the ball, putting more launch angle, which is good. Obviously, hitting it on the ground as much as he does is not, is not good. He does hit the ball hard. I, I like him. I think he, you know, I could see a 280, 280, 280 to 290, you know, batting average. I could see him hitting 25 home runs and still driving in over 100 RBIs. The guy always hits with runners in scoring position. For some reason, Padre Twitter says that doesn't matter, which is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. Um, I'd rather get a single with first and third on than a single with nobody on. So to me, that does matter. And uh, some players are clutch. I think he's a clutch player. I know he got out in game two with the bases loaded against the Dodgers. And he should never be, you know, the Padres should have released him right after that because Padre Twitter says so. But I still think he's a solid player. I don't think, like I said, I don't think he'll ever be worth the contract. But he's definitely not one of the worst contracts in baseball. You know, you got Davis in Baltimore and... and um, you got the Cubs guy, uh, Hayward, that uh, they the media and guys like um, Dan Zembrowski never rip, you know, but he rips Eric Cosmer like there's no other. Padre Trader rips him. If Manny Machado has a throwing error, no one says anything. Tatis has an error, no one says anything. Hosmer makes an error, and it's the worst defensive play in the history of the game. I'll, I'll never understand Padre Twitter. It's almost like they root against the guy to have success, even though he's on your favorite team. Like Jared Goff has a terrible contract for the Detroit Lions, but I'm a Lions fan. I ain't going to root for him to fail. I ain't going to root for him to do bad and be like, well, I just never wanted him. I mean, I don't want Jared Goff on my team either, but with his contract, but I don't think Jared Goff's like a terrible quarterback. He just has a terrible contract. I think that's somewhat what Eric Cosmer has. Um, but with this franchise, you know, I don't, I don't think we have to worry about who we're paying and how much anymore. I think we had to do that in the past, but now with Peter Seiler taking over, I was told, and I told people that, you know, once Peter Seiler got it, don't worry about the money. So I think he'll have a pretty good year, especially because I think he'll have a good year this year. And I don't think he'll have even a bigger year next year. Because if you look like you look at it, it's almost like he's becoming a free agent in the next two years. Because I don't think he wants a three-year deal for $39 million. I think he's going to want to opt out of that deal and get a bigger deal than that. Now, I know most of you guys are like, oh, no way, he won't get that. But, I mean, contracts usually go up. Um, I know there was a pandemic, so maybe they're going down a little bit. But I still think if he has two good years back-to-back, -back, I think he could opt out and get a bigger deal. So, like I said, I think he's a solid player. Um, I, I, I hope he plays a little bit better defense. I think his defense hasn't been what I thought it was going to be. And, you know, if he works on that, and it, it seemed like he got better last year on defense. And then at the end of the year in the playoffs, he, he was really bad. But most of the year, I thought he was pretty good defensively. Just in the playoffs, I thought he was pretty bad. Um, they don't really have anyone, you know, in the minor league system at first base. So maybe in a year or two, you start looking for a replacement at that position. And then you go to second base, you got Jake Cronenworth. Cronenworth had a really good surprising season last year as a rookie. Um, he plays great defense. The, thing, the best thing about Cronenworth is he can play multiple positions. 
And you could put him at second. You could put him at short. He's really good defensively, even at first base. I mean, he's better than Hosmer defensively at first base. Much more athletic. Uh, he could play corner outfield. You know, you get versatile players like that. I mean, that one guy on the on the Dodgers, that rat-looking face, Chris Taylor. I mean, he's not even that good of a player, but he has a lot of value because he could play so many positions. Cronenworth, to me, that's where his is huge. That's where the value of Cronenworth to me is. Because I think he's going to decline this year. I think teams started figuring him out a little bit. I mean, he was really hot the first month, month and a half. I kept saying to myself, they're going to start figuring him out or something. And he kept hitting, kept hitting, and kept getting on base. And then at the end of the season last year, it seemed like he was declining a little bit. I think we're going to see more of a decline this year. Um, but because he's so valuable in playing different positions, um, you know, he'll, he'll be – I think he's good enough to play all those different positions. I don't think he has to play every single day. We should be solid, you know, there. Then you got Hassan Kim that I don't, I don't know why he's really on the team this year, at least for now, starting the year. I think maybe – they guaranteed that, hey, if we sign you, you'll be on the opening day roster because he looks overmatched right now. He looks pretty good defensively, but, I mean, I don't get to see too many of the spring training games, but he looks overmatched. His numbers look terrible in spring training. You can't take too much into spring training, but uh, I think he's going to be overmatched for two months into the, this season. His swing is really long. Um, he's got value, though, because he could play multiple positions. He could play second, short, third. Play left or left field, maybe. But as of right now, I think he's overmatched, and I'm not expecting really anything from him this year. Hopefully next year or in the second half of the season, he could do well. But I, I think they only have him on the roster because they told him, we'll guarantee you being on the roster if you sign with us. Because I, I believe the Blue Jays said they would sign him, but put him down in the minor leagues, and he said, no, I'm not doing that. So... I think that's the only reason why he's on, on the roster right now. Uh, Jorge Mateo also could play second base. He could play some center field. I kind of like what I'm seeing out of Jorge Mateo. Uh, you know, if he could bring up his walks, get on base, he's got speed. He could play good defense. Um, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he surprises some people this year. Obviously, at shortstop. So, you know, I'll go back to second base. For the future, you got... That position, you got a young player in Cronenworth, young player in Hunsung Kim, maybe um, C.J. Abrams, you know, could be a second baseman in the future. C.J. Abrams has looked really good. Um, I, I kind of hope he plays center field in the future, but if they had to put him at second base, you're pretty rock solid, what I'm saying, for the next couple of years. You should be. You have a lot of outs in Cronenworth. Even, even Mateo is still pretty young. You got Kim, and then possibly C.J. Abrams if he plays second base. Abrams has looked really poised out there. He looks, I mean, he doesn't look like, what is he, 19 or 20? He doesn't look like a 20-year-old out there. He looks very mature. Um, the ball jumps off his bat. You know, he hit, he hit like an opposite field home run. I think he hit two opposite field home runs I could think of in the spring. If you're hitting opposite field home runs at his age already, I mean, that's pretty pretty nice. Not just pulling everything. Uh, shortstop. Oh, and then another second baseman, sorry, is Marcarno. I don't know much on Marcarno. I haven't seen him, you know, in spring training much, and I didn't watch him in the minor leagues because when you get the minor league package, you didn't have it last year. But the I had it for like three straight years. And you don't get to see the high A too much unless they play an affiliate, a different affiliate that plays those games. Double A, you get to see all their games. Triple A, you get to see all their games. And then low A, you get to see all the games. So I didn't get to really see Mercado that much. Um, I don't know much on him or what we have there. But it seems like he's he's doing well. And, you know, Preller's going to reward guys. You know, it's not just... Hey, we got to serve his time and we got to put you down. You know, he had Paddock, Tatis. Those guys deserve to be on the team. Those guys were on the team. So that's encouraging. Uh, I think he's going to be bait. We'll see on that guy. Uh, Fernando Tatis, obviously, 
I mean, I wouldn't be surprised he has an MVP type of season. We got him locked up, which is great. We got him locked up for 14 years. You look at Francisco Lindor, he's complaining or bitching about what they got over there with the Mets. Uh, $325 million was offered. He wants $385. I mean, Tatis' deal is, is going to look better and better. As each year goes by, you're going to be like, holy shit, what a great deal that is. All the only concern on Tatis is injuries. That's the only concern because he's going to be the best player in the league or one of the best players. I think Juan Soto might be better. I think Juan Soto definitely is a better hitter, but all-around player, I don't know. Um, I would like to see Tatis bat third. I think he's so valuable, either second or third. I don't want him leaning off. I don't want to – I know a lot of people put Mookie Betts in the leadoff spot. Um, Acuna for the Braves, you know, bats lead off a lot and those are their best hitters, but I don't like that. I like putting Tatiste either in the second or the third spot in the lineup. I think he's going to hit 40 home runs this year. Um, I can see a 290 to 310 batting average somewhere around there. He's going to have a great on base percentage. He's going to have a great OPS defense is going to be, you know, He's, he, I mean, he's a top five player already in baseball. I would, I don't know what his odds are for the MVP in the NL. I think it was eight to one, nine to one. If I want to, if I'm not mistaken, it just it wasn't high enough for me to put money on it because it's hard in the NL. You got Soto, you got Acuna, you got Tatis, you got Freeman, you got, you know, a lot of good players. Mookie Betts, Bellinger. I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, so I, I I think most of the best players are in the National League as far as everyday players go. So I didn't really like his odds. Um, but, I mean, it's just amazing that we have a player like that and we got him locked up. We don't have to worry about it anymore. Like, okay, let's say we didn't sign him and he hits 45 home runs this year. And he hits like 330 or something. And he's the MVP. And you're like, dude, he's 20. What is he going to be, 23 this year or 22? And you're like... Shit, how are we going to sign him? You know, because then he's getting closer to becoming a free agent, and you're thinking, fuck, is it going to cost us $500 million? Well, that's all taken care of. So the only thing that could hurt us is if he gets injured. And, you know, I wish he would take it easy a little bit. You know, he doesn't have to hustle 110%. He doesn't have to die for everything. Take it easy a little bit. Uh, Manny Machado, I think, is going to have a great year. Um, he carried us last year at the for some points in the season. He really sucked the first month. The second month, he was phenomenal. I think you're going to see more of the second month from Manny Machado. I think the first year, I've said this a hundred times, but the first year he came in late into spring training, you know, signing the contract real late, and I just think his timing was off all season long. Um, these players need spring training. You know, you need to get in timing your timing down. It's They don't just go to spring training when they go just for the hell of it. They go for a reason. Um, you get your body right. I think that took him. So I think, I think the first year he was a little off on that. And then the second year he just balled. He was up there for basically for NL MVP most of the year. I can see him hitting 35, 40 home runs. Um, defense is always going to be really good. I mean, solid number three, number four hitter, wherever they put him in the lineup. We don't need shortstop and third base. We don't need anything for the next five years unless Manny Machado opts out after three more years. Then you would need a third baseman, but I don't, I don't really see him opting out, especially if this team wins and the relationship that he has with Tatis. Um, if the team keeps winning, I think, you know, it seems like He's his family, and it seems like he's really into family and being close with, you know, like that. And it seems like San Diego is a place that he wants to call home and is calling home for now, I guess. Um, I don't see him opting out. I think, he, you know, another big year from him. Left field, I was concerned going into the season, and I still am a little bit with Tommy Pham. Now, Tommy Pham was getting a bunch of singles in spring training. First, he started off like, I don't know, I think it was like two for 17 or one for 19. I don't know what it was. It was terrible. So I was a little concerned on that. Plus, after the season that he had last year, made me concerned. And then he got real hot. But he all his hits at 
for a while were just singles. And, and Kevin Easy was like, oh, he's like seven for his last 10. And they were like all singles. And I was like, dude, well, he's not driving the baseball. That's my concern with, with Pham. Then he hit two bombs and they went over like 420 feet. And two bombs he could have hit like 330 or 340. I'd be like, oh, okay. I mean, he's, they barely got over. But when you're hitting two, I think one was 420, one was 440. That tells me that he still has the pop, or at least somewhat can have the pop. Because um, like I said, I was really concerned. You know, he wasn't driving the ball last year. Even his hits in the playoffs, he had a, he had a good batting average in the playoffs. But they were all like singles. And we need a little we need a little pop from him. I'd like to see him, you know, up in the order, draw walks, you know, get on base. You know, if he's not gonna have pop and you don't want to bat bat him fifth or sixth if he's not gonna, you know, hit twenty home runs. I hope he can hit fifteen to twenty home runs. I'm concerned that he's not going to be able to. I could see twelve to fifteen. I don't I don't think he'll get to twenty. But his defense is terrible. Um, I, I, I'll be honest. I don't think he's going to have a good year. I'm, I'm concerned on him. You got Jerkins Profar that can play maybe a little bit of left field as well. Um, he gives you like a spark. Like, uh, you know, in the clubhouse. Like every time, it seems like players like playing with him. Um, he goes in big slumps. He's in a huge slump in the spring. I, I think he's hitless all spring or one or two hits. I don't know what he has. Um, so that's a little concerning. If you go the first two weeks and he, you know, he's hovering under 100, then it's going to be concerning. But if, you know, I mean, we'll see. Because he was terrible the first month last year. I mean, I, I was like, what is he still playing for? It was at a point I was like, this is an automatic out. Then he got really hot and he was carrying him for a while. So I don't. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm iffy on him. I'm a little low on Fam. Um, so I got some concerns in left field. Then you got Trent Grisham in center field. He's coming off a hamstring injury. That's a little concerning. But I think Grisham. I mean, what a trade that was. You know, Padre Twitter loves to rip a guy like Eric Hosmer, but they have their favorites, and then they have the people that they can't stand, like. Fran Mill Reyes, he could do no wrong. He was the greatest thing in the history of the game. Luis Urias was going to be the next Roberto Alomar. I mean, guy barely can hit the ball out of the infield, but yeah, he was going to be the next Roberto Alomar. And we get him for Trent Grisham, or we, we get Trent Grisham for him. And I think Grisham's going to be phenomenal, man. I mean, he's got Steve Finley written all over it. You know, I think this guy's going to be a 25 to 30 home run guy. I mean, probably not this year, you know. You miss a lot of spring training. You're going to miss some time to start the season. But when he gets hot, I mean, he's going to yank a lot out of the ballpark. Um, he's got a really quick bat. Uh, Padre Twitter told me he couldn't play center field defense because, you know, Fangraph says he couldn't play center field defense. Well, he won the gold glove in center field last year. I know that doesn't mean that he's a great defensive center fielder, but that means he can at least play center field. It doesn't mean that you suck out there. Um, I would like to see Mateo actually start the season with Grisham down, play a little bit of center field. And then, you know, for the future, either Robert Hassel maybe is your center fielder or C.J. Abrams. I'd like it to be C.J. Abrams and then put Grisham in the corner because Grisham's got a really good arm. But I still, going back to Grisham, I still figure he's going to be around a 260, 270 hitter and hit. If he can hit 260... Anything above 250, really, with him. How many walks that he, he draws and the power that he has, 25. I think he's going to hit 25, 30 home runs. Not this year, maybe, because he's coming, you know, missing spring training and coming off an injury. But in the next couple of years, in his prime years, I think he's only 24. You know, when he's 25, 26, 27 years old, I think he's going to hit 25 to 30 home runs a year. I think he's going to be, a, you know, a Steve Finley type of player. Um. You know, he sets the tone. He's, he's got a little attitude. He's got a little swagger to him. I like that. Will Myers in right field. I was kind of done with Will Myers a couple years ago, like probably like two years ago. I was really high on him when we first traded for him. And then it just, he just sucked. And he just, it was just like, dude, what the fuck? Now, I think there was a lot of factors into that. 
I think a lot of it was he didn't have anyone around him. He didn't have um, anyone protecting him. So they threw him junk, and he's not really a disciplined hitter where, okay, I'll just take my walks and have a, you know, an on-base percentage hovering, uh, you know, 380 to 400. He, he's never going to be that type of player. So I think he fell into bad habits chasing stuff because, you know, they had no one around him. As they got more and more talent around him, and then Andy Green getting shipped out of town, I think Myers' whole attitude has changed. You can just tell, like, spring training, like this year, he came the first day that you could, or a couple days even before you he's supposed to come. There was like a couple years ago, he came like three days late or something. They were like, oh, he just got here or something. And I was like, what the fuck? Um, so stuff like that, I always kind of notice stuff like that. You could just... With a player like Myers, it's a lot of it is just his attitude. Like, is he into it? Um, he had a phenomenal season last year. He was clutch. He didn't hit just home runs. Like in Coors Field, he would always do this. Either they'd be up 13 to 2, and he'd like tack on like a two-run shot. And be like, oh, Myers hit a home run. And it'd be like, who gives a fuck? It's like the eighth inning. Or it'd be the other way. They're down 13-2, to two and he needed a solo shot. And it's like, who fucking cares? Last year, he had a bunch of clutch home runs, clutch RBIs. You know, um, the Mariners game where they came back, I think they were down like four with nobody, two outs and nobody on, and came back and won, or I don't know, six or something. Um, he had a lot of, you know, impressive... He had an impressive season last year. And it looks like he's... He, He's going to continue it. I mean, the way he's swinging it in spring. And he's hitting home runs to right center. You know he's he's going good when he's hitting the right center. Technically, when they first signed him, it was a seven-year deal for $81 million. I didn't mind the contract if they would have just evenly spread out, you know, per year. They backloaded. I said it was a terrible contract to backload it. Technically, he's always been worth the contract because... The last three years, he was getting like $62 million or $60 million. And the first year of the last three was last year. And obviously, he was worth it for last year. And the other years, he was getting chump change. And he played above that or was an average player making barely anything. So technically, he's always been worth the contract, which is kind of interesting. And if he has another big year this year, then he's one year away from being completely worth the contract. Um, there's a lot of people, myself included, that wanted him out of town that were just like, just get rid of him. And unlike most people, I can admit when I'm wrong. I mean, I like the guy, I root for the guy. Unlike Padre Twitter that like doesn't like Hosmer and like wants to see him fail. I'm sitting there rooting for Myers. I like him now. Um, I think his attitude has completely changed. I think a lot of that was Andy Green. He didn't like playing for Andy Green. I think that's changed with Hosmer. I think that's changed even with Machado. I think Hosmer and Machado went at it a little bit better approach than Myers did, but maybe Myers played under Andy Green a lot longer than those guys did and was just sick of it the last couple of years with um, Andy Green. So to me, that, that would make some sense. Um, so he's got two years left. He's got this year and next year. You could possibly be looking for a right fielder, but I would assume that's going to be Grisham to right, C.J. Abrams to center, and I think Robert Hassel, who kind of got overmatched in spring training um, this year, and then Joshua Mears maybe, you know, as well. So, I mean, they got they got some outfielders, prospects looking. I think they're going to be fine for the next couple of years in the outfield. Uh, the only concern is they might need a left fielder next year. If if Profar is not that not that good, and I, I don't think Fam's coming back, uh, the catching situation, you got Austin Nola. Uh, he he impressed me defensively last year when they got him. He didn't hit much. I think he'll hit this year. You know, he might get off to a slow start first month, month and a half that he comes back from his injury. I expect guys like that to get off to slow starts when you miss a lot of your spring. And then, you know, you just get thrown into there, back into the season. I think he'll get off to a slow start, but he'll be fine the rest of the way. 
he's a pretty good, solid player. I mean, I like him. You know, you're batting him seventh or eighth. That's a pretty good seven or eight hitter. Uh, Camposuano, I mean, who's not high on Camposuano? That guy has got a lot of pop. If he can handle the defense, you know, it's very hard to find good young catchers. That would be huge. Um, Victor Carantini, he's going to catch every time you Darvish is there. And I like stuff like that, you know, like. Proler's always pretty good at just like, hey, throw that. We need that part of the piece in there as well. You know, and I think, you know, you, you bring over a U Darvish and he's going to feel a lot more comfortable with Carantini catching him. So I thought that was pretty good. So I think they're solid at the catcher position. Obviously, you got Camposuano, you know, for the future. Uh, Austin Nola has got a couple years under contract. You should be you should be good there. If Camposuano doesn't work out, then you're then you're gonna have to go get a catcher in probably two or three years. But Nola can can be a starting catcher for the next two or three years. Uh, him and Camposuano can switch off for this year for the majority of this year, and hopefully next year Camposuano is basically taking his spot and being the catcher for the future. Um, let's go to the pitching staff and. This is the strength of the team, in my opinion, is the starting pitching. But it's also my biggest concern going into this year. And I'll explain that in a little bit. The number one starter, you got you Darvish. I got no concerns really with you Darvish as long as he stays healthy. I mean, that's every pitcher, as long as he stays healthy. But I think Darvish was a great – I mean, we traded like what? Like four, four 16-year-olds and um, Zach Davies for him. I mean – I don't really understand what the Cubs were doing on that. So in that sense, something scares me because why weren't other teams going for you, Darvish? You know, because we didn't really give up anything. We gave up some guys that maybe like one works out, and that's like five, six years away from now that one of those guys works out. And those those international signings, I don't, I don't even see how – the Cubs could have even scouted those players, you know, unless they were in on them the season that they signed. That's their only way they could have scouted them because last year no one was able to see your minor league system. And then you throw in uh, Zach Davies, which is just a uh, – he's a number five, you know. He, he pitched like a number three last year, but the last couple of starts is probably going to be more of what he's really about. So I am somewhat concerned on that part is like, why didn't anyone else go for you, Darvish? But I mean, the way he's looked the last year and a half and the way he's looking spring, I mean, the one start or video I saw, I saw a start like two innings or something. And then, you know, video, he looks fine. I mean, he throws so many pitches and his innings. And that's where, that's my concern is going to be, how do we get enough innings from our starting pitchers and our relievers this year. Because you got to remember that last year was only a 60-game season. So they didn't get to throw a lot of innings. So like if a pitcher threw 60 innings last year, you can't ask him to throw 200 this year. Now a guy like you, Darvish, I think you can. Because those guys just they pitch from different countries and they don't baby them like, you know, over here. And, oh, he threw three pitches, take him out. Um those guys, those guys feel like they could pitch almost every single day, you know. So I'm not concerned on you, Darvish. I could see him getting to 180, 200 innings this year and really solidifying an ace. Uh, you know, you can match up against any, any pitcher in baseball and you feel pretty confident. R1 versus your one, we feel pretty confident with you, Darvish. Then you got Blake Snell. Now, Snell... Everybody's saying, like, okay, we want to make him a six-inning pitcher this, you know, because in Tampa Bay, they basically, he would throw five innings and they'd take him out. Now, I think Blake Snell is eventually going to be a six-inning pitcher for the San Diego Padres. I just don't think it's going to be this year. And that's because of he didn't throw as many innings last year because of a 60-game season. And I don't think you want to stretch him out this year so much. I think you kind of want to, still make him a five-inning pitcher. And that's my concern is 
if Snell's a five-inning pitcher, if Musgrove's a five-inning pitcher, and, and excuse me, and Adrian Morhan's like a four-inning pitcher, you're going to tax your bullpen in that sense. You know, I'll go through each guy. But that's what kind of worries me, you know, can we get to the finish line with our starting pitching? Um, if you go to a six-man rotation, I could see Snell being a six-inning pitcher. And maybe they'll do that at some point in the season because you do have enough starting pitching once you're fully healthy. But right now you're not going to have Lament. I don't know when he's going to come. Right now you don't have, you know, uh, Gore up. I don't know when he's going to come and so on. But as far as a one-two punch, Darvish and Snell, I think those guys can match up against any one-two punch in baseball. I can't believe, I cannot believe that we got you, Darvish and Blake Snell and for what we gave up. We gave up, you know, a pretty decent price for um, Snell. You gave up Wilcock. You gave up uh, Patino. I think Patino is going to be a really good pitcher. I don't know if he's going to be a starter, but he, I mean, I would assume he's going to be a starter, but if not, I think he's going to be a high leverage reliever. Um, and you gave up two catchers. You know, you, I mean, you gave up, you know, but with Snell and his contract, he's only making like 11 million this year. And I think like 12 next year and, and like 12 the following year. I mean, he's, he's making peanuts. For how good he is, you know, he's a front-of-the-rotation type of guy. I just feel like we didn't give up. We gave up, you know, guys that aren't proven yet that could be good. But, shit, we got to, for three years, we get Snell, and he's in his prime, and he shouldn't be slowing down. And this is our windows the next three to five, seven years. I mean, fuck yeah, I'm doing that deal every single time. Musgrove, to me, was an underrated pickup. Now, he's been like a five-inning pitcher most of his career, and I assume that's going to stay that way. But, I mean, we needed that one more pitcher with with Lament, you know, being a – Lament's going to be a question mark all season long. Even if he – first game he comes and pitches. Let's say he throws four or five innings in the game, and you're like, oh, he looked healthy. Well, yeah, but he's always going to be a question mark the rest of the season. And if he pitches the rest of the season, doesn't get hurt, you know, whenever he comes back – then sure, next year I'd go into the next year saying, yeah, okay, you feel much better on it. But this year, almost every pitch he throws, you're almost going to be like, is he going to go, like, you're going to be concerned. But Musgrove, that's why I thought getting Musgrove was huge. I think he's a solid, you know, number four. He's got to be a number three right now, which he's probably not. Um, but there's, I've read a lot of stuff that they think he's going to have a breakout season that, he was really starting to figure it out his last year in Pittsburgh. So maybe that's the case. Then you got Chris Paddock. And it seems like everyone's just done with Chris Paddock. And he's one of the most hated, you know, guy on Padre Twitter right now. I don't really like the guy either. I never liked the whole sheriff thing. I kind of liked what he first did was he was in the minor leagues. And... I forget if it was in high A or in double A. But one of the players in the system asked him, hey, why do you always wear a suit the day you pitch? And Paddock said, because it's their funeral. And I was like, God damn, this guy's going to be badass. Like, I like that confidence, but I don't like, like, I don't know. What he did with Peter Alonso and that shit was kind of annoying. It was like, I felt like he did it. Like, I feel like he's a selfish player. Like, he, he's so concerned about his individual performance compared to the team, I feel like. And I don't like that about Chris Paddock. And I also feel like he's very stubborn and is just like, well, I'm just going to throw my fastball. I'm just going to blow it by guys. Dude, you ain't fucking blowing it by guys. Especially when you're throwing 94, 95. Now, his rookie year, he was like 97, 98, and it had a little bit of movement. Last year, it was like 93 to, it felt like 93, 94, maybe 95 most of the time, and it didn't have movement, and he got destroyed. He got rocked in his last spring training start, or not even start, but came in the bullpen, and Padre Twitter's like, oh, release him. And I, I see guys like, oh, he shouldn't even be on the team, and this and that. 
I think he's going to bounce back this year. I think, you know, he's, he almost got slapped in the face like, hey, shut the fuck up. Just go out there and pitch your game. Stop yapping. Stop being so concerned about your individual numbers and just go pitch your game. I hope, you know, he has much better composure than he's had out there and he's been and he's much more mature. I'm hoping that. And if he's that and he mixes in some curveballs here and there, because his changeup is filthy. His fastball is either really on or it's really off. It's it's weird. Hopefully it's a little more consistent. I think he can help you a lot. And I think he could be a six, seven inning pitcher. And if he could do that, even if his ERA kind of blooms because, hey, we tried to get, you know, two, three more outs, you know, to save our bullpen. And his ERA blooms up to, you know, four, five, four, seven. But he's throwing seven innings every game. Then I think it's going to be valuable for the Padres because I am concerned on the innings with Snell, Musgrove, and then my next guy is Adrian Morhan. Morhan is fucking awesome. And he's never pitched. I think I I think it's only 60 innings is the most he's pitched in a season. And yeah, he's fine starting and you're probably he's probably going to be a four-inning pitcher to start the season. I don't see how you can, you could say a hey, Morhan. I don't even know how many innings he pitched last year. Probably 30. I don't see how you can tell him Hey, you threw 30 last year. You threw like 60 the year before. We're going to bump it up to like 120, 150 this year. I just don't see how you can do that. I think 100 is probably the max. So he's going to have to, you're almost going to have to baby him one more year. And then the following year, if he can get through this year healthy and get up to that many innings, then the following year, then you can really say, okay, we don't have to, you know, baby his innings this year. So that's my concern, but every time Adrian Morohan pitches, you could I would almost put like a slash Ryan Weathers there cuz I think you would want to have Weathers come in for two innings and then and then now you're at the 7th inning. Weathers pitches as a 5th and 6th and Weathers is pretty fucking good. I really like Weathers. I like Morohan too. But I mean, I like them both. It's just I'm more concerned on Weathers and his any, I mean, not Weathers, Morahan, and his innings that people are going to be like, why they take him out and this and that, and they're, you know, especially early in the season, Morahan might throw only three innings, and then as the year goes on, he might build it up to four, and then maybe at the end of the season, he's getting five innings every start. I don't know. Um, Lament, you know, is a great pitcher when he's healthy. He hasn't thrown too many sliders in in the spring, so that's concerning to me. He was throwing at the beginning when he was first throwing. It was like 92, 93, or 94, 95, you know, in basically like his rehab, whatever, or, you know, building his arm back up. So I was concerned at the beginning. I was like, oh, shit, because he, he was throwing 98, 99 last year, 97 to 99. He was sitting on that, which was – that was the difference of what made him so great last year. He's always had the great slider, but he was before like a 94, 95 mile an hour pitcher. Well, all of a sudden he was throwing 97 to 99 last year. But then this last game that he threw, he did get it up to 98. And hopefully, hopefully that's a good sign. Um, I know Dennis Lynn, in one of his articles made it sound like they expect him to be back in the rotation in May, beginning of May. I wouldn't expect that. I would say June, maybe middle of June. Either way, you got to baby him. You need him for the playoffs. I think you're going to make the playoffs. You need these guys healthy. You need Darvish Snell, Lament in the playoffs, going into the playoffs. And then you can, you know, piggyback with Morahan or Musgrove and Weathers. You could, you could kick Paddock to the moon. Paddock, right? The key for Paddock this year is pitch us a lot of innings, get us to the finish line. Um, but going back to Lament, if he could get Lament back to what he was last year and you're going in in a series against anyone, I think our three can match up with anyone, even the Dodgers, even the Nationals, the Mets. I don't care. If Snell and Darvish are pitching like they can and Lament's pitching like he was last year, let's go. Um, you got some minor league guys. 
obviously they're very interesting. Mackenzie Gore, Reggie Lawson, Espinoza, Mason Thompson, and Pedro Avila. I'm concerned that we don't have enough innings. You know, if we get a couple more injuries, we're in trouble. You got Michelle Baez, you know, Tommy John. You got um, Jose Castillo, Tommy John. You know, I don't think you were expecting anything really from him. You know, Pierce Johnson's already hurt. Matt Strom hasn't even done anything in spring training. He's been hurt. Dan Altel, I don't mean not as... Altavilla, you know, has been hurt. Um, Austin Adams has been hurt. You know, so you get a couple more injuries. I'm going to start being really concerned for the for the Padres. Not so much as wins and losses, but do we have enough pitchers to get to the finish line? Um, I know Mackenzie Gore is kind of... I'm, I'm starting to... I shouldn't say starting to lose faith, but I'm starting to get a little down on Mackenzie Gore. I think he's had it. He's had it rough. Like last year, sucked for him for his development. I mean, that just sucked. But Ryan Weathers is in the same situation. He has better composure, and and look where Ryan Weathers is. And Mackenzie Gore, he's still far away. It seems like. I, I hopefully he dominates for two, three months in the minor leagues, and he can help us. You know, in the second half of the season. But as of right now, I don't see that happening. You know, I mean, he's got to show us. He's got to show us a lot in the, this year in the minor leagues. I don't think it's like, oh, he had two good starts. Let's bring him up. No, I don't. It's going to. I think he needs about two or three months down the minor leagues. And if he dominates there, then then bring him up. But as of right now, I don't think he's ready. Um, hopefully, Reggie Lawson can give us some innings maybe this year. Espinosa. You know, hopefully he does fine in the minor leagues and Mason Thompson. Those are kind of wild cards, you know, coming off a bunch of injuries. They've already had, I believe both of them have, have had two Tommy Johns. So those guys are always going to be. Um, the bullpen, I already talked about Ryan Weathers. I think he's going to piggyback Adrian Moore home games. Um, I think Craig Stammen, I know Padre Twitter hates him. I'm not a big fan of his either, but... He's going to be pretty valuable this year because you're going to need, like I said, you're going to need guys to eat innings. You're going to need multiple inning guys in your in your bullpen, especially when Snell, Musgrove, and Morahone, they ain't going over five innings. So you got to get someone to get you to the seventh, eighth inning, and or the you know, and you can't just do it every game. Throw your three best guys seventh, eighth, ninth inning. So you're going to need Stammen some games to pitch two innings. So I think he's going to be pretty valuable this year. Um, Tim Hill's okay. This Chris Matt guy, I don't know anything on him. Uh, Mickey Koch has been kind of talking him up, and despite what Padre Twitter thinks of Mickey Koch, I think he's pretty knowledge. I think he's a very knowledgeable guy. Um, so hopefully, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Proler found something there. Uh, Kayla, I like him. I mean, he's got filthy stuff. Mark Melanson, I, I assume, is probably going to be your seventh inning guy. I could see Pomeranz being the eighth, and Pagan, it sounds like, is the ninth. But I could see that flip-flopping. I think Pagan, I was concerned on Pagan when we got him last year, and they said he was kind of injured, and he, and he really sucked the first month. He kind of got bombed. And I was like, dude, that's so Tampa Bay, giving us a guy that's kind of injured. And, you know... Look, they gave us Fam and Pagan. We didn't give up much to get them, but I think the reason why they didn't ask for much is because they were kind of they were kind of injured. Well, it looks like Pagan, or it sounds like Pagan is going to be healthy this year, and if he could be like he was, you know, in 2019-2018, then that's going to be huge for us. Pomeranz is a stud as long as he stays healthy. I like him where... If it's a one-run game in the in the seventh inning, you know, like you're playing the Braves and Acuna and Freeman are about to come up, I want Pomerantz pitching the seventh inning, you know. So I like the versatility there. It doesn't have to be a closer, but hey, use your best guy in the most crucial situations. So I like I like their bullpen and everything. I like their starting pitching. It's just I wish some of these guys would pitch more innings. I think Darvish could be a six, seven inning pitcher. 
I think Paddock's six, seven innings. I think Snell's about five, Musgrove five, Morahan's four, but Weathers could, you know, piggyback him. And then hopefully Gore can come up. And then you'd almost have two guys that could piggyback, you know, the Musgrove, Snell, and Morahan starts. Um, I also like Austin Adams once he gets healthy and he gets in there. That was one of those things that Preller, like, you know, he's making that trade with Seattle and, and he's like, no, I, you need to throw in Austin Adams too. And I bet you Seattle was just like, no, nah, we don't really want to. He pretty much forced them to do that. That's what I like about Preller. He does those little trades that people, or he makes a big trade, but he, there's always like a throw-in guy that no one really talks about. And I know Preller is really high on him. And I feel like Austin Adams' way, the stuff that I've seen from him, ability to get right-handed hitters out, I feel like, you know, I like when Preller does stuff like that. The one thing that concerns me on Preller always is he gets guys that have injury histories and it doesn't seem like he completely checks the medicals on them. You know, Clevenger, you know, got hurt. You know, um, who else has been hurt, you know, that we've gotten? You know, just just a bunch of guys like uh, Fam. You know, Pagan, it seemed like, was kind of injured. Like, it, it always seems like we make the good deal, and then we find out the guy is kind of injured. And I feel like the other team is kind of trading that guy. So that's the one concern I have on Darvish is maybe the Cubs medical say, oh, he's about to get injured. Uh, that concerns me. But as far as the whole season goes, my prediction, I see a lot on Vegas. I see from 92 to 95 wins over under. I think they're going to be around 95. Um, so if you could get 92, I would bet the over. If it's 93, 94, I'd probably just stay away. <coughs> or 95, definitely don't bet the over on 95. I think they're, you know, I, I'll be shocked if they only win 90 games. You know, as long as there's not a bunch of injuries. So I see from anywhere from 95 to, you know, 100 wins for the team because the division's going to suck. The Dodgers obviously are going to be phenomenal. And this, this might not be the year we win the World Series. But if you go in, if our pitchers like Morahan and Gore and Weathers take the next step, you're going to, and, and Lament goes in next year healthy and Clevenger is healthy, you're going to go in next year with basically the rotation that the Dodgers have. You're going to have seven you know, starters. You're going to have Darvish, Snell, Musgrove, you could kick Paddock. I would I would trade Paddock in the offseason. You'd have Morhan, Weathers, Gore, and Lament. That's let me see. That's three, four, five, six, seven guys that you, sh- you should be very high on. Um that'd be phenomenal. Oh, and Clevenger. I didn't even say Clevenger. So that'd be eight. Right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, eight. Clevenger. Um, and you could trade Paddock and just build your depth. I mean, there's going to be a team that's going to want, you know, a Chris Paddock. So I think this is my biggest fear. And I heard Ben Higgins say it. I've said it, you know, prior to that. I'm not saying he copied me I and mean, he's not listening to any of my shit. I'm just saying uh, I said it earlier too, is I fear that they're going to win, you know, 97 to 100 games or 95 to 100 games this year be a wild card, and then have to face either Scherzer or DeGrom in a wild card game. And I feel like they'll probably, with San Diego luck, I feel like they'll lose the wild card game and everyone's going to be saying, what a shitty season it was and this and that. It might go that way. I mean, that's just tough. It's kind of stupid, you know, the way it's set up that, Wild card is just one game, and then, you know, then you're in a divisional playoffs. But, I mean, that's just dumb. But if that's the way it goes, and it goes that way, I think that's that's what I fear. Because most likely they're going to be a wild card. I would say there's like a less than 20% chance that they're going to beat the Dodgers for the division. Um, and they're probably going to have to play in a wild card game. It's going to come down to that. Now, if we do win that wild card game, they could beat any team in baseball, especially, like I said, if Darvish, Snell, and Lament 
or at the front of the rotation or, and all three are healthy. But I think next year, the following season, I think they're going to be right there with the Dodgers. I think they're right there with the Dodgers right now, but I think they're going to be, they're going to surpass the Dodgers because I think Seager's going to be gone for the Dodgers. And I think if you add Clevenger and, you know, Morahan and Weathers and Gore are pretty much really ready to solidify themselves as starters in this league and really help you, then I think that's going to be the year they win. All right, I asked for some, any Padre, on Padre Twitter, any questions or what have you. Most of them were just troll jobs, but Rand Platty, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly on Padre Twitter, he asked, um, who's got the best future for Paddock, Gore, Morahan, or Weathers? I thought this was a pretty good question. Um, I'm going to go, like if I was betting on who's going to be the best pitcher out of that and have the most successful career, I'm going to say Ryan Weathers. I just think he's so poised, so polished out there, and just he just looks so confident. Does, excuse me, does he have the best stuff of the three or four? No. I would say Morahan has the best stuff. I think Gore has the most pitches, and Gore might have the most potential, I guess. Because, I mean, he's left-handed, and he's pretty wicked. Morehouse actually probably has the best, most potential. Um, but I think, I think Weathers, you know, Morahan, I'm concerned on injuries. Gore, I'm concerned that he might not put it all together. And Paddock, I mean, he's not I mean, in the same category as these guys. He, he only throws two pitches. These guys all throw. You know, Gore's throwing about four, Morahan three. Weathers three or four, um, but I just feel like Weathers is the most, you know, he he's got the most composure out there. I just I feel like you're you, he's the best bet. Like if you were having the odds, like Morahan odds, just because of the injuries, you know, you're not gonna have that great of odds on him. And I just think Weathers has the best odds of being the best one out of that. So that's it for the Padre preview. Till the next time, good night now.